Welcome to the Finance Cafe, the business podcast for women entrepreneurs that breaks through the money taboo and explores what's behind the numbers. Join your hosts, founders of the Finance Cafe, Shannon Peston and Shauna Frederick, every week as they dive into conversations about business and finance with women entrepreneurs and the experts that support them. With their combined experience in finance and accounting, Shannon and Shauna know financial management is more than numbers, but rather the combination of our lived experience, skills, attitudes and behaviors, and how these come together to shape the financial decisions we make along our entrepreneurial journeys. It's about uncovering the story of our businesses, being empowered by our decisions and unlocking our full potential as entrepreneurs. Here at Finance Cafe, we're changing the way we talk about finance and empowering women entrepreneurs to see their business in a new light. One story and one number at a time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Finance Cafe podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Frederick, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by Tahira Fidali. Tahira, how are you today? I'm doing good and really happy to be here. I'm excited because you were just telling me how much you love talking about economics, and not everyone loves to talk about economics, so I'm excited to get into the conversation today. And the reason why we chose this timely topic is there's been a lot of conversation in the news about rising inflation, rising interest rates, a possible recession, all of these negatives that are going on in the news. But I know we're going to have a great conversation talking about, okay, is it all that doom and gloom? What can business owners do to mitigate some of the potential risks that they have? And talking about the different opinions, because I'm, I'm sure we've all seen different articles and different opinions coming out. But why don't we start, Tahira? Tell our listeners all about who you are and what you do. Sure. So I'm a CPA. I worked in public accounting and industry for 10 years. And then having kids and moving cross-country allowed me to really reevaluate and reset my career so that I could set my own rules around work and life balance. So four years ago, I took the leap into entrepreneurship and always with the intention of better work-life balance. I set up my own business using my skill set to support women entrepreneurs in their business through consulting and part-time CFO work. I've also done training and work around financial coaching and financial wellness through a trauma-informed lens. And last, I'm also part owner of the Well Collaborative, which is a women's community offering support, education, and connection to entrepreneurs and professionals. Amazing. There are so many topics that we could have you talk about today, but we're going to try and focus on the economic aspect of it. But first of all, I want to give a shout out to a mutual friend of ours who did the introduction because we have not met before. So, so very grateful for connections. Amanda Doucette, aka The Tax Chick, I reached out to my network and said, hey, I need a rock star who knows about interest and inflation. Who can we talk to? And Amanda put your name forward. And I'm so grateful that she did. So thank you, Amanda. Just wanted to give that shout out. Yeah. Thank you, Amanda. Always. She's such a great um, champion for me. And I know for many other women. For many. And just what she's doing over at the tax chick as well. It's really trying to simplify the tax conversation. So give her a follow over at, at the tax chick, Amanda Doucette. So Tahira, let's dive right into the conversation. I think what we need to do, first of all, is, like I said, we're hearing all of this information in the news about interest and inflation and recession. So first of all, 
Let's talk about inflation. What is inflation and how is it impacting small businesses? Okay, so to get, I'm trying not to get too technical, but let's just get the facts straight. So inflation is based on this thing called the Consumer Price Index, CPI. You'll probably see a lot of in the headlines right now. It's basically an average basket of goods and services that people buy. So stats can track these prices and estimates how the price of that basket fluctuates over time. Okay. Making sense? Totally. So when the CPI goes up from period to period, that percentage increase is the measure of inflation you hear about in the news. Okay. So I'm going to stop you there. So if I think when I was a kid, I would go to the store and buy a Slurpee. It cost me $1 when I bought it. Today, it's buying me. It's costing me $3 for that same Slurpee. That differential in price is the rate of inflation? Exactly. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Now, so how does this impact small businesses? So it does impact businesses in different ways. The most obvious one is that small businesses will likely see the cost of their inputs go up. And they will either then earn lower margins on their products or will have to raise their prices if the market of their um, industry allows them to. But the reality is if you raise your prices in most industries, you'll lose customers. So you kind of have to do this dance to figure out what's the optimal price that gives you the highest amount of total profit, knowing that as your prices go up, your volumes will likely go down. And I think it's even having conversations with those in your industry, similar industry, but your customers as well. Trying to, you know, we've, we all hear about this. Consumers are hearing about this as well. The price of goods are increasing. But as business owners, it's important to note that the more that you're paying for those goods that you're then reselling, the more it's coming out of your, your bottom line. So the less cash in your pocket. So it's understanding, you know, okay, how much do I need to earn off each sale? in order to pay for my, what we like to call the operating costs, keep the doors open, lights on (laughs) expenses. So great explanation. Love that. What else can you tell us about that? So if we go into a bit about how to manage this inflation, you know, what you talked about to be able to do that is really like planning and looking at your numbers and having a handle over what's going on is so key. So monitoring, I think you and I speak the same language when it comes to this. How is inflation impacting your input costs and subsequently your profitability? So again, if your costs are going up and your prices are remaining the same, you're making less profit. To remain as competitive as possible, businesses need to start looking at their costs, right? You have to start with like cleaning up in-house before you take price increases to your customers, regardless of your business. Really dive into your costs, see how you can control them from going up especially if you're in a competitive industry where prices are determined by the market, right? You might just not be able to increase your prices because your customers might not, might go somewhere else. So you talk about monitoring cost and monitoring revenue. So how do I, how do, I do that? What statement am I looking at to assess my cost and my revenues? So always looking at your income statement. So yeah, I guess the foundational step is really having your bookkeeping done every month, and then looking at your numbers. I love it. And we talk a lot on on the podcast and our financial literacy program about the importance of keeping those numbers up to date. And even using an online accounting software tool, there's so much automation that can go into there. If you're in retail, your point of sale service machine can go in there and you'll have that information on the ready, as Tahira said, to be able to monitor those numbers on a regular basis. 
Yeah. And you know what? It sounds daunting, but if you really get the right support in place to do it and you can do it, there's so much opportunity for your business to thrive here because that's going to give you a competitive advantage over your customers. Because the reality is, is that most businesses are not managing this very well. So if you can, you're going to see the results and you're going to be more competitive than your competitors. I love that. Before we jump on to the next topic, anything else with respect to inflation and and managing for small businesses? Yeah. And then I just wanted to say that, so if you've done as much as you can on the cost side, but you're still predicting you can't operate with your current prices. So again, this is looking at your numbers and understanding that and doing a bit of planning to see that before it happens, then you know you might have no choice. Your business is not sustainable. So then knowing that you'll have to take a price increase, right? And maybe you'll have to do that. But the forecasting piece is really key. So you can be ahead of this and put those price increases in gradually um, before you're in a dire situation, right? Absolutely. And keeping your customers informed, bring them in in the journey of, because um, people understand the reality of running small businesses and want to do everything to support them. I love that, that you're absolutely right. When you have a good relationship with your customers, it doesn't have to be a transactional relationship. You're absolutely building relationships. So I love that you brought that key piece in. And the other thing I wanted to touch base on was we've talked about if you're running potentially a retail business or a restaurant, something to that effect where your costs are going up and therefore you're going to need to manage that. But what about for those such as ourselves in in a service-based industry where you're going, okay, well, I'm not buying product to sell. It's just a service. So is inflation really impacting me? Yeah. And so that's the thing about the recession is it's going to impact every business in a different way. So really understanding for us freelancers, it might not really affect us if we don't have any financing. The way it will affect us is if our customers are having an impact financially, then they might need less of us, right? So everyone just really needs to understand how the changes in the economic factors are affecting them. Absolutely. No, first, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. So personally, because even as freelancers, so even if there's not a lot of uh, external costs within your business, the business is usually funding your personal financial goals. So paying your rent or your mortgage, car payments, kids, etc. Those costs are also going up. It's just this isn't just relating to businesses. So we need to understand how our business is financing our personal goals. And to understand that, we need to understand what our personal financial needs are, because we then may need to come back to our business and say, I either need to increase the amount that I'm paying myself as the employer, or and to do that, I may need to increase my prices. But I also love that you've brought in understanding your customers again, even as, as service providers, as freelancers, we need to understand and have those conversations with our customers. How is inflation impacting them? How are interest rates impacting them? And and what can we do to help support them through that? So you're not immediately just disowning that relationship, so to speak, but they know that you're aware of what's happening and you can work together to ensure that there's a continued relationship moving forward. Love that you brought that in. So let's, we've talked about inflation. So inflation being the price differential between what I'm paying for goods, five, 10, even last year in some cases versus what I'm paying now. So that's the inflation. Let's go to interest rates. So we, we know what interest rates are, but really what, what is the impact of rising interest rates on uh, business owners? So again, this will impact 
every business in different ways, but two common ways that it can impact you or make your business more challenging is one, financing will be more expensive. So where a couple of years ago, financing was cheap, you want to make an investment and there's a really good return. Well, that investment might not be financially viable at higher interest rates, right? So really running some numbers around any investments you want to make. And then the next component is, you know, your sales and customer demand might drop because everyone is feeling the pressure of rising interest rates and inflation. So, you know, if this recession that the Bank of Canada is predicting does hit, consumers will be spending more money and businesses will have less money to spend. Right. So you said something key right at the top. So with the rising interest rates, financing becomes more expensive. So when we take out a loan or if you have a loan with the bank currently, your payments are going to go up as interest rates rise. Is that correct? Yes. If you have variable financing in place, if you've locked in a fixed rate for the next three years, then you might be fine because by the time you go for refinancing, rates might go down again. But the other thing to note is the Bank of Canada is predicting interest rates to continue rising for the next until the end of the year. So if you are thinking about financing, I think the sooner you do it, the better to lock in. And then and then the other thing to note is even though interest rates, they might take them down in early 2023, those interest rates, the bank don't always implement those drops in interest rates as quickly as a, as a Bank of Canada implements them. So keep in mind that if you see headlines of the Bank of Canada saying they might drop interest rates, we might not see that change as quickly. Okay, great point. Because there's the Bank of Canada rate, and then there's the prime lending rate. So can you talk a little bit about how those two impact each other? Yeah, so the Bank of Canada rate is the rate that they lend money to the banks, which then, you know, is a knock on effect of how the banks lend us money. And so usually it drives the rate that we see. But there have been recent instances Um, I can't remember exactly, but in the last few years of when the rate did go down, the Bank of Canada rate, the banks didn't necessarily pass that rate decrease down to consumers. Okay. So if we talk numbers for a minute, because this is a number show. So currently the Bank of Canada rates, what, 3.25%, if I recall correctly? So that's what the Bank of Canada lends to the bank. So the banks have to pay 3.25%. The banks are running a business. So when they're lending that money out to consumers, to small businesses or individuals, they are now charging, I think, 4.7%. Yeah. And I think the prime rate now is about 5.45%. Is it? It's up to 5.45. So now, as Tahira said, when the Bank of Canada, so if we hear in the future that the Bank of Canada is reducing interest rates, we can't get too excited because the banks that we're lending from won't necessarily follow suit and drop their interest rates. Is that my understanding? Yeah, it's not guaranteed. It could happen, but let's not assume that it's going to happen as quickly as the Bank of Canada reduces the rates. Fantastic. So I think the key point is is just awareness and knowledge and Mm -hmm. having the conversation with your banker. If you have a loan, if you have a bank account, it's continuously having conversations with your banker and they should be reaching out to you as well to say, you know, this is what's potentially going to happen. I mean, nobody has a crystal ball, but having continued conversation, you know, maybe we could look at locking this rate in. 
maybe we could look at decreasing this loan. Like all of these conversations should be you should be having with your bank on a regular basis as you're looking at your financial information as well so that you know how much cash flow you can bear in order to satisfy those loan payments. Great explanation. So before we talk about the recession, anything else that you wanted to note about um, managing rising interest rates for small businesses? No, I think just you know planning and understanding is so important. And we'll keep talking about that as we talk about the recession. Absolutely. Or the quote unquote <laughs> I'm I'm glad you pointed that out. And just before we jumped on the recording, we were talking about, and I think we both saw the same article, because there's so many opinions out there. Daily we get bombarded with information. And this morning it was there, you know, the possibility of a recession is is maybe not so imminent, but Let's talk, let's go back. So we're hearing a lot of talk about this recession. What does this mean? How will it impact small businesses? So what is a recession? Yes, that's exactly what I wanted to talk about just to set the story straight. Okay, so every quarter, the government measures gross domestic product. You've heard this um, acronym GDP. This is essentially in the, sim- in the simplest form, the amount of money that's circulating in the economy at, during a quarter. So what they do is they measure this every quarter and then they compare this figure to past quarters. And if the numbers have gone down for two consecutive quarters, that's the definition of being in a recessionary period. Interesting. So, so something as simple as a small drop in the amount of spending for two, so for two consecutive quarters, which is six months, all yeah. of a sudden we start hearing all this news, negative, negative news about a possible recession. Interesting. Exactly. Okay. So that's the thing, right? It's, first of all, we're looking at historical. We don't know we're in a recession until um, the Bank of Canada has run these numbers and told us. So the interesting thing is it can be kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So Interesting. Tell us how. Um, so I remember it was back in early July and I saw the first article in the Globe and Mail about a potential recession. And if you read the article, it was kind of loose about whether there was actually going to be a recession. But they wanted to point out that RBC was the first institution to warn about this potential recession, right? So if the news spreads that a recession is coming before it actually has, this is going to affect consumer behavior and could potentially bring on a recession. So yes, rising interest rates and inflation are going to affect us all as Canadians and in the world. We know these are factors that are going on right now. But the recession impacts us all as individuals and businesses in different ways. So we really need to identify what these factors mean for us personally and act accordingly to our own personal circumstance instead of changing our behaviors due to fears caused by headlines in the news. I I love that you just brought in the fear factor because for many of us, that's the immediate trigger when we start reading this. And, And it is, it's very fearful. I mean, there's all these words and acronyms and and it's this consumer spending is down. And from a small business owner, as soon as you hear that, you start the what if conversations, which is, again, why we say it's so important to continue monitoring these numbers and having conversations, because you can almost solve the what if by having an awareness of what's happening in your business. Because what we can control is our behaviors and our actions and how we're managing our business, right? Love it. So with a possible recession, and again, you said it, I mean, we don't know that we're in a recession until we're almost in a recession. (laughs) So what can 
I mean, we talked about the planning and the monitoring, but what can small businesses really do to prepare? Right. So in a recession period, the most important goal is not running out of cash. And so again, I've said this before, I'm going to keep saying it, planning becomes really important. Yeah, since a recession hasn't hit yet, it's a great time to prepare for a potential downturn, right? Run scenarios of what your business would look like if you saw a significant drop in sales for a number of months. So now it's a time to understand, well, what does this drop in sales mean for my business? And make, you know, have a plan B. So whether that's building up cash reserves, if I'm, you know, you need a six-month buffer or secure financing, if you, even if you don't need it now, in case you need it later when a recession hits. Yeah, easier to go to a bank when the financial numbers are still relatively strong. So easier to ask for money when you don't need it as opposed to asking for money when you really need it. Right. And then it just puts more stress on you, right? Have the money in place. Always have money before you before you need it. Yeah. And so if you don't have any financing, you know, great place to start or just, you know, securing your bank overdraft and having a line of credit that's there if you need it. But if you don't ever use it, then you're not paying for it. Love it. The line of credit. You just said it. So your line of credit, even though you don't need it, ask your bank for your line of credit because you're not paying interest. It doesn't, I mean, it might cost you a monthly fee to have it, but you're not paying interest on it and it's there if you need it. It's a security buffer for you. Yeah. Fantastic. So you talked about running sales scenarios. So what would be sort of a couple easy steps in order to do that for a small business? Yeah, maybe even forecast, take a percentage and say, what does it look like if my sales and, you know, maybe go to 50%. What does it look like if for the next six months, uh, my sales drop by 50%? Do I have enough cash to cover my expenses? So taking their profit and loss or their income statement for the last month ended, last quarter ended, and just doing some quick math on it, running it in Excel and saying, okay, if my expenses stay exactly the same, but my sales number, my top line drops, what's the ultimate impact? Exactly. And how does that affect my cash flow? And and exactly, always tying it back to your cash flow. What about for businesses that are holding on to a significant amount of inventory? Is there an opportunity here to look at that? Yeah, if you have excess inventory and there's an opportunity and you need a cash injection, that might be an opportunity to run a really big sale, drive some cash into your business. Perfect. I love that because we talk about inventory being like little dollar bills sitting on the shelf. The more dust they're collecting, you need to come with a, up with a plan to get rid of it so you can use those dollar bills because you can't use them when they're, when they're sitting on your shelf. And also a good time maybe to look at your accounts receivables. So if there's customers that owe you money, because we talk about cash flow in particular, you mentioned it before, there's having those relationships and those conversations with your customers to see how all of these items are impacting their business. If you notice that somebody maybe isn't paying you as quickly as they used to, it could be a sign that they might be running into some financial trouble. So you want to have that conversation with them to ensure that you're on their list, they're top of their list. You know what? Tahira's on top of this. She knows that I owe her money. I, I need to I need to be able to pay her right away so we can continue that relationship. Yeah, such a good point. And then again, that comes back to, you know, you're doing your bookkeeping every month. So otherwise you might not even be aware of who owes you money and how much you haven't been paid yet. I love it. Yeah. Just monitoring that cash flow because we all know that cash is queen and the lifeblood of our business. So making sure that we're monitoring when it's coming in and out. 
and even going out. So we're paying our suppliers. I mean, it's not taking advantage of our suppliers, but if a supplier, so if somebody that you're purchasing your goods and services from are giving you 30 days to pay, take 30 days to pay. (laughs) As women, I think we can, we're so often just, oh, I need to get this bill off my desk and we pay it right away and move on. But if they're giving you that 30 day free credit, it's not costing you anything to keep the money in your bank for 30 days versus giving it to them for the, for the 30 days. So. Yeah. And just to add to that, actually, I see this a lot with my clients is the same thing with credit cards, pay your credit card bill when it's due. Don't, um, I see a lot of my clients paying off chunks during the month but just pay your credit card bill once a month as soon as it's due. That's that's financing. I love I love that, and even the opportunity to set it up for anything that you can set up for auto pay on the due date. A, yeah. it, again, this automation factor. It's uh, it helps with your cash flow, and and you can set it and forget it. So you're not constant. I mean, you have better things to worry about as an entrepreneur than than when bills are due. And if you can set up that process again, going back to the good accounting software to help track that and and getting the support that you need. So love those great tips. Thanks, thanks to Hira. So we've talked about interest rates, inflation, possible recession. Let's talk about maybe some people or resources. So who are three key people or resources women entrepreneurs should have on their team to support them right now? Yeah. So a bookkeeper, really key. You know, I think we need to know that our bookkeeper is there as and understand that they're kind of a data processing person, but who has a specific skill set. So, you know, that foundational piece of your books are getting done every month. But then if you don't, feel strong in the ability to make sense of your financials, having someone who can help you, whether that's a friend, a family member, or hiring a professional to our current company right now. And then I think as a woman business owner, I know the just support, like the moral support. So someone who you can openly chat to when things get tough, um, especially if you are, you might see some challenges who can provide you that support. And mentorship. I love that you brought in the supports, the the mentorship and just the advisor, because as women entrepreneurs, we often have smaller networks, partly because we often, we sometimes start our careers later in life. Um, COVID has definitely played a role in that as well. There hasn't been as many in-person activities. So I think as, as women entrepreneurs, it is, it's connecting with one another and reaching out to your fellow women entrepreneurs and, you know, just checking in on them, ask them how they're doing, ask them if there's anything that you can try and support with, or if there's any connections that you can make with them to, you know, are they looking for a, a bookkeeper? Are they looking for that financial consultant? You know, what can you do to support? Because I think just that, that ability to connect and build that community and have the conversations can only really empower us all. So thanks for bringing it. I love that third one. So again, we talked about inflation, interest rates, recession. What are three steps that women entrepreneurs can take right now to help prepare or mitigate any of the risks that they're facing? Yeah. So again, what I actually want to say is, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. So I don't want to create fear or say it's all doom and gloom. It it might not be, but because of the Bank of Canada, actually like these facts, they're actually saying that they're going to see a tightening of the economy in the next two quarters. So because of that, if you haven't paid enough attention to your finances, now is the time. And it, it's always a good time, but now is a good time to lean into your finances. 
And so if you need support, if you don't think that you can do that yourself, find a professional that can support you with, and I want to say actively managing your finances, right? This isn't your bookkeeper, your accountant, because they're not actively managing your finances for you. So when you say actively managing, help us understand what you mean by actively managing. Yeah. So looking, you know, when your accountant files your taxes, you might not see your financial results for six months. So you know, looking at things regularly. So looking at what the last month and then using that to make decisions for the future, always planning ahead. That's what actively managing means. So if I have a bookkeeper that's giving me financial statements, so say a balance sheet, profit and loss, maybe a customer receivable listing or a supplier listing, what are there three numbers or maybe five numbers or one number that I should really be focused on if I'm if I'm receiving this package? Yeah, I think it would be different for every business owner, but you know, some some key things that we all need to look at what were my revenue. And the other thing to understand with these numbers is standalone, they don't mean anything. So I think this is where people get lost of, well, what do these numbers mean? And actually they don't mean anything. They're all there, it's just a relative. So you have to compare them to something. So first you kind of have to decide, what do I want to compare my num- my last month to? Do I want to compare it to a goal I had in mind? Do I want to compare it to the last, the month before that? Do I want to compare it to the year before that? Then it's going to tell me, that's going to give me, so there's data and then there's insight. So I see the data in front of me. It doesn't mean anything. But then I, I start to ins- extract insight. So I can start to ask questions like, how did my sales go up? How did my sales go down compared to that point of... During that period of time. Yep. I so love that you brought this in because you're absolutely right. The numbers by themselves. And for our listeners who aren't numbers geeks, like we are, the numbers probably look like a foreign language to them. So I love that you brought in the comparison piece because the comparison piece will start to tell a story. You said it. So my sales went down. Why did my sales go down? Or my sales went up. Why did they go up? Right, or my expenses are going up. So I I can't tell you how much I appreciate that you that you brought that in because that is so important as you're looking at them because the financial statements are showing you a picture of the past, right? And you compare it to you can compare it to longer periods of the past, but you can also compare it to the goals, as you mentioned, that you said, your budgets, which hopefully our listeners are setting for themselves. So you can start doing that comparison and really starting to tell that story, which will then give you indicators of potential opportunities for your business or early warning signs that you can put in mitigation strategies before they become a serious problem. So, oh my goodness, I can't believe I I love that you said that. So Tahira, you've given us a lot of information. Uh, I've taken up a lot of your time, but I really want to know as a woman in finance, what advice do you have for women entrepreneurs or what do you wish you would have known when you started off in your finance journey? Well, what I do want to say on this topic is it's good to be cautious, but don't get discouraged by the headlines, right? There's there's always opportunities and challenges in every economic situation. So and a lot of the headlines might be over sensationalizing. So keep your head up, make decisions based on your personal circumstances, model out potential scenarios. Don't let the media fuel your fears. Use the data to make decisions, not the headlines. Okay, say that one more time. Use data to make decisions, not headlines. Yeah, I'm going to write that on my wall. I love that. <laughs> 
You heard it here to hear Vidalic. Use data to make decisions, not headlines. I love that. Tahira, I can express my gratitude and I can see how, how passionate you are about this topic. You did a great job of explaining it to our listeners. So I just want to recap a couple of key things because you said a lot of key things. But number one, the importance of you know monitoring and your data. So that financial information, if you're working with a bookkeeping software, you can get that information at the push of a button. It's going to give you a competitive advantage. And also eliminate some of the unknowns that you potentially working with if you're working with the shoebox method. So love that. And really focusing on if I need to make price increases, where do I need to cut my cost? But being able, again, to look at that profit and loss of that income statement to assess where potential changes need to be made. And maybe changes, maybe everything is running along and you're not needing to make changes, but assessing the data to make sure that you understand whether or not changes need to be made. And the last item to hear, which you just said, you know, comparing the data to what? What are we comparing this data to? So if we're looking at the financial information, make sure you're comparing it to something. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't express my gratitude for you. So any parting words from you for our listeners today? No, I'm just really happy to be here. And I just want to, I can't stress enough. Don't get discouraged. And there's so many differing opinions. We might not go into a recession and everything might be fine. I'm optimistic, so I want everyone out there to remain optimistic. Tahira, where can our listeners learn more about you and the work that you're doing? Yeah, you can um, visit my website, which will will we include that in the links. You Um, bet. Follow me on Instagram. And I love hearing from women entrepreneurs. I'm taking on new clients right now for fractional CFO work. Um, I do financial strategy, which ties into all the things I'm been, I've been talking about that need to get done. So yeah, I would love to hear from you. Fantastic. And you are based in Ontario. Is that correct? Yes. I'm based in Toronto now. Okay. Are you working with clients virtually? I work with clients virtually. I actually just moved back to Toronto from Saskatoon. So a lot of my clients are still in Saskatchewan. I have some clients in BC. So yes, I work with clients in any geography. I have some clients in the U.S., That's fantastic. So we have some listeners out there who are looking for a fractional CFO, that financial advisor that can actively help them actively manage their financial statements. Uh, Reach out to Tahira. Her her handles and information will all be in the show notes. Tahira, thank you so much once again from the bottom of our hearts for sharing uh, your wisdom and knowledge today. And to our listeners, we appreciate you tuning in every week and look forward to another conversation next week. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Finance Cafe podcast. Want to dig deeper? As a valued listener, we'd love to offer you an exclusive discount to our financial literacy program. Use the code PODCAST10 to get 10% off. Visit thefinancecafe.ca to join or to take our free financial literacy quiz. We would be so grateful if you could show some love for your favorite financial podcast. Just like, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you are listening from and help other listeners like you connect with us. See you again next week on the Finance Cafe Podcast.